Okay. Good evening, everyone. Good to see you all here. Open with me to Acts chapter 8. We're going to be continuing in uh, chapter 8, starting in verse 9. And we're going to just take a brief look at something. Um, it's the beginning of a story that is somewhat based around a man, a man named Simon. Okay, So at this point, Philip has gone down into Samaria, and he's begun to preach the gospel. And as he's preaching the gospel, Christ is showing up and doing signs and wonders, and people are coming to Christ. You know, the Samaritans, the, the unclean, the, the half-breeds that the Jews and everybody seems to hate. Um, the door has been opened for them to enter the kingdom of God and to receive the fullness of salvation, which Christ promised to all people. So as this is going on, um, the last verse we read last week after he was doing these healings was, because of this ministry, says that there was great joy in the city of Samaria where he was. So let's go ahead and pick up in verse 9, and let's just continue the story. We're going to read through verse 13. But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in that city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs that were done. So just an interesting little snippet here. Um, he runs into a guy. There's a man in Samaria where he's preaching. And he is basically, you know, Satan worshiper. Maybe he doesn't know that. Most Satan worshipers don't call themselves Satan worshipers. They worship themselves. They worship uh, powers and principalities and all kinds of things. You know, and they really just want to be great, want to be somebody, want to have some power. It's very alluring uh, to, the, to the flesh, I guess. And so here's this man who's a sorcerer. And um, so as Philip is going down, he's preaching the gospel, right? And the, these pagan people, these uh, the Sumerians are coming to Christ. The sick are being healed. Demons are cast out. Same old song and dance we've been seeing through Acts. And so we see that the kingdom of God, not only has it come, but now God is pressing his people out and he's pressing forth his kingdom across the nations. You know, but here's the thing. Before we start talking about Simon, we got to understand something. It's, very, it's really simple, but it's important. That as, as God is unfolding the power and the witness of his eternal kingdom, even here on earth to the people, as he's healing these diseases, as he's casting out demons, right? He's doing it in one name. What name is that? Anyone? Jesus, right? They all are starting to scare me. I don't know. One name, Jesus. No other name, right? We're not seeing this done um, in the name of Allah or Muhammad or, you know, we don't hear these guys going around preaching about, you know, the higher power. 
like some unknown God, some spiritual force. No, 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 no. These things are being done in the name of Jesus. It even says that the people, that when they believed, as Philip preached the things of the kingdom and in the name of Jesus Christ. Right? And here's the thing. We have a, Christ taught us to pray. I bring this up a lot. Christ teaches us a, a format of prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And one of the things in that prayer is, Lord, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. And so that's actually what we're seeing in the book of Acts. We're seeing that prayer being fulfilled of the rule and the absolute authority of Christ coming down upon his people. And that's actually what we should be praying for every day. Jesus, your kingdom come. So that when we're praying that, what we're asking for is for the absolute, absolute rule and authority of Christ to be manifested on earth, right? But here's the thing. In the kingdom of God, there's only one God. There's only one king. There's only one spirit. But within his kingdom, there are things that are holy and there are things that are unholy. And there's no in-between. No in-between. So, as Philip is, is proclaiming the kingdom, and the kingdom of God is coming down, and uh, people are being saved, we find a man who, in all reality, is an adversary to the kingdom of God. Who is an adversary to the gospel. Just by the lifestyle and the things that he is practicing, he is an adversary to God's kingdom. It says that he's, uh, again, that he was practicing sorcery. Now, we've got to understand, this guy isn't, uh, I how many of you know a whole lot about sorcery? Anybody? Me neither. Not, not as much as uh, some people, I guess, and I'm okay with that. I think you should all be okay with that, too. But uh, this guy wasn't just dealing, you know, tarot cards, right? He's not in a shop, you know, doing palm readings. This, this guy is doing significant works, enough so that, you know, the people of Samaria are following him. And in fact, such <laughs> into, into such a way that they even begin to call him the great power of God. And so these people are following these, this pagan man, and so they're being deceived and they're being led into a pagan worship. They're being led into idolatry and false worship. And so we have this stronghold, the stronghold of Satan set up in Samaria that is not only leading people away from God, but keeping them held there. Okay? And I, I say stronghold. Here's the thing. Here's what I want y'all to, I want y'all to pick this up. When I consider, I consider God's kingdom and I consider the world we live in, we consider, you know, the Bible tells us we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers, Right? against principalities, okay, in the heavenly places. That's the real battle. So you got to understand that there is literally a war going on that we don't see. And so when you see something like this, when you see a man who is so deeply involved with demons and witchcraft and sorcery that he's able to do works that amaze the people, you've got to understand there is literally a spiritual stronghold of some sort. You know, I don't know what it looks like, but in my head, I just, I just see a little circle encampment, just demons just set up in tents, whatever, you know, I don't know. That's just my image. Okay. 
But regardless of what it really looks like, that's what's happening. There's a stronghold there. And then we see the kingdom of God come in, and he has to push that out. For, for Christ's kingdom, for Christ's rule to be here and to, to cover the earth, it has to push all those things out. Otherwise, his rule is not complete. Okay, where am I going with this? Some of y'all, okay, so what are we talking about here, dude? So here's the thing. Let me ask you something. If, if I said, uh, what is worship to you? What is worship to you? What, is, what are things that incorporate worship? Give me just one, one word answers. So what's something you do for worship? Adoration, worship. Rejoicing, worship. Seeing, worship. What else? Praying. Praying. Does everybody agree that praying is an act of worship? Okay, anything else? Yes. Obedience. Okay, so here are these people following this man around. They're calling him the great power of God. That sounds a little like adoration, a little like worship, right? I don't know if they're praying to him, but they're following him. They're obeying him. It says that they all heeded to him. So there's this act of worship, right? And that is what Satan is looking for. And y'all ever heard of MediShare? Y'all ever heard those those commercials for MediShare? The Christian, you know, medical bill sharing. It's like an insurance. There's no glory share in the kingdom of heaven. There's no glory share, right? So God, there's one God, there's one king, there's one spirit in Jesus Christ. And he deserves every ounce of worship. He deserves every ounce of your adoration. He deserves every ounce of your trust and of your obedience. And so there's no, there's no gray area in the kingdom of God. We're either for or we're against the Lord. And this man by his practices had made himself and all of his followers enemies of God. Right, so there's a deception that is set up in Samaria. And this is what Satan does. He wants to twist things. He wants to recreate things that seem good. He wants to, uh, he wants to give people a format where they can live spiritually where they can claim that they're pursuing God, they're pursuing a higher power, yet in all reality, they're, con- they're condemning themselves to sin, to demons, and to eternal death. Okay? So why are we talking about this? Because we have to understand that, you know, maybe we don't have guys walking through the streets, you know, performing sorcery, but that these things, witchcraft, sorcery, you know, idol worship, these things are very, very real, and they're still very, very prevalent today, okay? And so basically what I want to do is I want to just talk to you about the three ways Satan uses spirituality to hinder or to try to, try to, to, try to put a roadblock in the advance of the gospel or the advance of of uh, someone's personal relationship with Christ, okay? And so actually the title of today's message is Spiritual Does Not Equal Holy. Anybody ever talk to someone, you're trying, trying to talk to them about Christ, trying to share your faith, and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, that's cool, you believe that? I'm really spiritual myself. What does that even mean? And you know what? I don't even ask most of the time because usually the answer I get is like super weird. 
<laughs> I kind of wish I didn't ask. But spiritual does not equal holy. And it definitely does not equal Christian. But so I want to I share with you three ways Satan uses spirituality to hinder the gospel. First of all, Satan convinces people. There's a, there's a deception. It's, it's really part of our culture in America. I don't know if, if y'all have been aware of this, but there's this deception that you can give your life to Christ, you can become a Christian without denouncing the ways of the world. You can have both. I mean, as long as you believe in God, you're good. There's a second deception that is very prevalent, and that it's, you you know, yeah, there's this great spiritual warfare. You know, there's demons and there's witchcraft, and everybody's out to get you for some reason, especially you. Don't know why. And you've got to fight fire with fire. I mean, obviously, if you don't know the satanic handbook, I mean, how can you really be a strong Christian, right? That makes sense. Everybody shake your head no. No, that does not make sense. Okay, but that's, <laughs> we're, we'll come back to these, okay? This is a real thing, trust me. And the third thing we're going to talk about, the third great um, uh, way that Satan uses spirituality to, to hinder the extent of God's kingdom is by convincing people to call Satan's work the work of the Spirit. And this one, very sarcastically, is my favorite. Because this is all over the place. And we even have it here in Kerrville. And I hate it. Okay? Is it okay if I hate something? Yes, I hate it. So here's the thing. Let's go back to the first thing. People think that they can give their life to Christ without denouncing the ways of the world. What do I mean by this? What do I mean by this? Well, what if we read through this and it said, oh, Simon and all these people, they were baptized. And then he continued to do great sorcery and wonders. And all the apostles joined in. How do you think that would affect the rest of the book of Acts? How do you think that would have affected the, the people of Samaria? Do you, would you have accepted that their baptism was true if they continued in these things? I wouldn't have. You know, I actually, I saw a, uh, I should probably save this for the third one, but I'll just share it with you now. I saw a meme on Facebook, and it said, if your Holy Spirit, uh, if your Holy Spirit leads you to laugh and bark and roll on the floor, but not live a holy life, it's the wrong spirit or something like that, you know, something to that extent. And uh, I thought that was pretty good. But here's the thing. There is this deception that as long as you have an understanding that there's a God, that that's enough. And there are even Christians today that think it's okay to seek out fortune tellers. Right? No big deal. Just a little bit of fun. There are Christians today that think uh, um, that, that keep religious artifacts, that keep, you know, statues and pendants. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have any idea? Are y'all lost? Okay, so how many of you have ever been um, into a house 
and there are statues of angels. Okay? Or there are statues of Greek, clo you know, clothed people that are apparently saints. How many are you aware that if, a, if those are in a house, those people are actually probably praying to those saints and angels? And I know, because there are people that I know personally that pray to saints and angels. Now, earlier when I asked y'all, what, what are things that incorporate worship? You know what one of the things that we all agreed were, were an act of worship was? Prayer. Prayer. A lot of times, oh, well, we don't worship angels. You know, we just, we just pray for help. Pretty sure that's worship. But not only that, did the angels die for your sins? No. No, they didn't. There are still Christians today that, you know, think that it's okay to um, call yourself a Christian but continue in witchcraft. People do witchcraft, right? This isn't news to anybody, is it? Sorcery still happens. Soothsaying still happens. Does anybody even know what soothsaying is? Oh, well, like that. Interesting. All right. Well, there's some homework for you. Okay. Think that it's okay to um, use spells and rituals as long as it's good magic. Anybody ever heard of that one? Yeah, there is no good. You know, God doesn't separate good magic and bad magic, okay? And, of course, the same thing that falls under this is, uh, you know, I mean, after all, all roads lead to the same place, right? So, I mean, all those other doctrines, those are good, too. You know what that's called? It's called blasphemy. It's called blasphemy. But these are things that Satan uses to, to keep people away from the truth. If, if Satan can convince you that God's real, yes, okay. God even loves you, yes, okay. You know what? Jesus died on the cross for you. Okay, great. So that's good enough. But hey, you can have power. Hey, you can have riches. Hey, you know, you really need angels to answer your prayer. God is really busy, right? God's got a lot to do. You really need angels. How many of you know that demons are just angels? How do you figure out which one you're praying to? I don't know. <laughs> I would be a little bit worried about that process, especially because the Bible says that Satan shows up as an angel of light, disguises himself as an angel of light. Not only that, but every time anybody ever, <laughs> in Revelation, when John fell at the foot of an angel, he said, no, do not worship me, stand up. I want to read you um, these verses from Deuteronomy 8, 9 through 13. It says, when you come into the land which, your Lord, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of these, those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes a son or daughter pass through the fire, or anyone who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. 
did. Here's an interesting thing. When people say they're praying to saints, this is primarily an Orthodox or, or Catholic thing, but it's not exclusive. That means one of two things. Either they're praying to angels or they're praying to dead people. They believe, you know, apostles, those are saints, right? Those are good guys. The Bible says that everybody in this room, if you've been saved by Christ, you're a saint. One who conjures a spell, a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. Now, we have a pretty small crowd here, so some of y'all are probably like, well, why the heck? What does this have to do with us? You know, are you aware that in the Old Testament, as God, as he frequently does, goes through these lists of abominations of witchcraft and sorcery and things, are you aware that he lists astrology and the study of stars, the worship of stars? Not, not astronomy, right? Not the scientific understanding of what stars are. I don't think that bothers God. But if anybody has your monthly zodiac pop up on your phone, or the daily zodiac to tell you what kind of day you're having. Let's just call it what it is. That's witchcraft. And God hates it. God hates it. Okay? And here's the thing. I want to be very clear about this. God, the Bible never once says witchcraft is not real. It does not say that. God never once says there is not po power in supernatural things out there for people to grasp. Okay, a lot of Christians or a lot of people, oh, you know, that's all fake anyways. No, it's not. The Bible doesn't say that if you check your, you know, Zodiac or whatever, that that isn't somehow accurate. It doesn't say that. In fact, it says quite the opposite. That there are powers, there are principalities, and that they're abomination to the Lord. And if you check your Zodiac today and it says you're going to have a wonderful day, and God decides you're not, <laughs> who's in charge? If you have given your life to Christ and he has given you his spirit, who should your trust be in? Him. He doesn't need the angel's help. He doesn't need the star's help. He is the one who created and spoke those things into existence. He is the one who proclaims the, the end from the beginning. He's the one who formed you in your mother's womb. It's him who we put our trust in. Any of these things, any deviation, any trust, any lean on any supernatural power, element, or device is sin and it's idolatry. And maybe I'm not speaking to you, maybe I am, but I'm speaking to you for the culture. I'm speaking to you for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers. Because as long as these things exist, and here's the thing, a lot of people think the stuff we're talking about, a little bit of tarot cards, a little Ouija board, whatever, a little bit of witchcraft, that those things are no big deal. There are people who call themselves Christian who would tell you that's no big deal. And as long as there is, an, uh, <laughs> there is that 
understanding that this is okay or that there is an ignorance in the, in the body of Christ that allows that to remain among people who are called by his name, there is a foothold and an encampment of the enemy that is allowed to remain where the gospel should be advancing the kingdom. So the second, the second thing I want to talk to you all about is this, uh, this spirituality that, that, uh, that Satan uses against his church. That, and this is, this is a big one. The first one, we're kind of going in order from least relevant to most relevant. That uh, you, anybody ever heard the term knowledge is power? Knowledge is power, right? Okay. So they bring that into the effect of, you know, the other side of spiritual things. So let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Anybody ever, let's just be honest here. How many of you have ever thought about, you know, watch movies about demon possession or, you know, ghosts and all this, you know, witchcraft? And let, let's just be honest, you got curious. You kind of like, huh, how exactly do you do a deliverance? Google. Oh, I wonder if this spell and this and this is true. Google. Right? And so you hear all these things in Google. Now, what's the problem with that? The problem with that is, is just as there is power in the word of God to set people free, there are powers that are behind satanic doctrines that are looking to entice the flesh and pull people in. And it happens all the time. I can name at least three people who is, they started, you know, becoming Illuminati, uh, uh, what's it called? Theorists or what's conspiracy, conspiracy theorists and which is whatever. But then they start digging into it. And then they have a, a, the Illuminati apparently has occult connections. So then they start digging into the occult. And then they find out, oh, the occult's, you know, apparently has its fingers and everything. So now they need to know how to defend themselves from it. So then they dig in to the occult more. And suddenly they're using occult practices to protect themselves from occult practices. Does anybody see a flaw in this logic? But this happens all the time. And I can name at least two of those three people who I know for a fact were demon-possessed after this process has incurred. And I watched it happen. One of which is related to me. And I watched it. Right? And so people, they start digging into the doctrine of demons. And then they start digging into the supposed lost books of the Bible. And they, they think they have to fight fire with fire, if you understand what I'm trying to say. And it's, it's just a hook. Do you know, who, who knows how, how is it that Adam and Eve fell? Anybody? Just say it. Enticed, curious, about what? Curious, okay, about what? Knowledge of what? The knowledge of good and evil. Let me ask you something. They were in the presence of God day and night. They were in his garden. They saw him face to face. Don't you think they had the understanding of good? So what did they gain when they ate that fruit? The knowledge of evil. And the knowledge of evil leads to two things, temptation and sin. That's it. 
You do not need to know the ways of Satan to defeat Satan. You need to know the Holy Spirit, and that's it. You do not need to know every spiritual doctrine. You don't need to know these things. Okay? If God is truly God, the God he claims to be, he's your protection. He's your defense, and he's your power. And what's interesting here is, as this guy who's such an amazing, powerful man, Simon the sorcerer, and he's enticed all these people, and all these people are heeding him, does, does Philip, you know, start studying sorcery to overcome this guy? No. Does it even ever mention him bringing up sorcery? No, what does he do? He proclaims the gospel of Christ. He proclaims the word of God. He prays for people. He ministers the truth. And Jesus shows up and breaks the chains and scatters the work of the enemy. It's that simple. And that's all you need to know. It's that simple. So powerful was the witness and the power of Philip who simply spoke the gospel truth, the kingdom of God, that even Simon came to Christ and was baptized. That's amazing. So I want to read a couple of verses for this as well. Um, you know, speak. this is from uh, Daniel 120. And this is about, I believe, I mean, I didn't look up the context, but it's the book of Daniel. So I'm assuming it's about Daniel and his men, right? Uh, Daniel 1.20 says that in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, and if you, under, if you remember the story, you should remember this, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. 10 times better. So you've got magicians and, and enchanters who are being trained by other teachers who are in all types of occult and dark magic and who the heck knows what, right? And you've got these men of God who simply received wisdom from the Holy Spirit and they were found to be 10 times wiser. If that's not encouragement, I don't know what is. Because there is two types of wisdom. The book of James tells us, James 3, verses 15 going through 18, says that, talking about worldly wisdom, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So there is two types of wisdom, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Pure. You don't need the knowledge of evil. The wisdom that's from above is pure. Then peaceable, gentle, and willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace, right? So then there's this third area. And it's interesting you know, the title, what was the title that they gave Simon, this magician, this sorcerer in Samaria? They gave him the title 
power of God. That's actually a pagan title, right? They didn't just make that up. That's, that's actually a pagan title. But think about it. They are calling him the power of God. That sound a little, you know, sacrilegious to anybody? A little blasphemous to anybody? Okay. But here's the thing. There is this movement right now in the church today in which the church is merging with new age practices and they're calling these false things, these false prophecies, these false spirits, the power of God. And it's prevalent. It's very prevalent. And so what does that look like? Here's the thing. If you're curious on what are the works of the Spirit? What are the gifts of the Spirit? How does God tell His church to operate? This isn't a mystery. This isn't something He told you, hey, go figure it out. It's written in His Word. Go read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. It's one subject matter, all three of those chapters, one subject matter. Go read it. And if the Church of America today would read those chapters, man, church would look a whole lot different because we have a generation and it's mostly our generation the generation behind us and a little bit of the generation before us that are trapped in this pursuit of supernatural things supernatural experiences they have a pursuit of what they can feel of what they can see they have pursuit of things that are new that are exciting and as they pursue these things with a form of godliness, they deny the true power and they forget about the God who's supposedly giving these gifts. Okay? So, man, there's so many, <laughs> golly, there's almost too much to even talk about. There's almost too much to even talk about. Any of, anybody here ever met someone who claimed to be a prophet? One, two, three, four. Five. Were any of them real convincing? Any of them have, you know, good testimony about Christ to bring to the table? Didn't even mention him? Wow. Any of them have real solid scriptural references that they continually used? Probably not. Kind of did. For money? Okay. A prophet for profit, huh? So, so here's the thing. We have to be wise. We have to be wise in the spirit. We have to understand what are the ways of God. Like I said, they're listed, man. Just read your word. Pray to the Father. Have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When fake ones show up, you'll know. It's simple. You know, if God wanted, here's the thing. If God wants you on the floor, he doesn't need a pastor's help to push you over. Okay? I'm sorry, he doesn't. If God wanted you to bark, he would have made you a dog. Okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> if, uh, if you have to take a prophetic class to learn how to see orbs, I want you just to stop and consider what you're doing. 
because last time I checked, God said that his spirit gave gifts and that they were of his choosing. If you have to take a, a class to learn for, for somebody to show you how to speak in tongues, I'm not an expert. I guess I kind of am, actually, but I'm not, I don't think that's a gift. Are you feeling me on this? We need to be wise to these things. And I'm not so, wor- so much worried about you here in the room as much as when you leave this room and you're surrounded by people who call themselves Christians and who have fallen into this. Because as long as we're, I'm not telling you to barge in the churches and, you know, start yelling at people. Although if you do, we have a GoPro. No. Um, I'm not saying to go out of your way to, to stir things up. Pray, yes. I pray for the churches of Kerrville all the time. All the churches, all the pastors. Rather, I agree with them or not. Pray, yes. But you will encounter people who believe these. And if you have wisdom, give it. If you have truth, give it. Philip proclaimed the things of the kingdom and the name of Christ. So there's a little bit more than Jesus died for your sin going on. He proclaimed the things of the kingdom. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians that I come in fear and trembling and I know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. Next paragraph. But to the mature, we speak wisdom. Right? As long as we allow there to be false spirits, false prophets, false works, you know, false testimonies, as long as we allow new age, really new age worship, spiritualist worship to be happening in our churches in the name of Christ, doesn't that, you know what, man, that sickens me. I'm sorry. I, man, whoo, I'm going to get, I'm going to get heated up. Just a sec. Dude, I love Jesus. You don't understand. Like, I love Jesus. You know, I know what he did for me. I at least have some, at least some understanding, as much as a man can have, about who God is and what his heart is for his people. And if people putting his name to shame for their own purposes doesn't offend you, man, we're not the same. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. That's one thing it's okay to be offended about today. Maybe not politics, but definitely the God who buy you. We don't need to be a people looking for new powers, new experiences, new signs. We need to be a people who understand God's ways and God's order. You know God is a God of order? That's just a side note. All right. So there's a lot of things out there that are spiritual, and there are real powers in those spiritual things, but not all of them are holy. And this is something we have to understand for ourselves, to keep ourselves walking in line, but also something that we need to know for the benefit of others. So if, if, if any of you in here, here's what we're going to do to close. If any of you in here, as we're talking about these things, if, you, if there's anything in your life 
that you even thought twice about, if there's anything in your life that you even had a smallest conviction about, you need to lay those things down for the Lord and step as far away from those things as you can. But the second thing is, as we're talking about these things, if you know people, if you know pastors, if you have friends or family who are living spiritual lives that aren't honoring Christ, I'm going to ask that you pray for those people tonight. That you pray for those people tomorrow. You put them on a prayer list. Whatever time you're praying, you pray for those people. And you pray for God to give them wisdom to open their eyes. And let's not be shy about the truth of God's kingdom. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I, uh, Lord, I thank you that your word, Lord, that in your word and your spirit is all power. In the name of Jesus Christ is all authority. Father, and no power, Lord, no false doctrine, no spiritual force can overcome what you've done. And that, Lord, all we need to do is simply trust in you, Father. And so, Lord, uh, I thank you, and we, I do, Lord, I do entrust myself to you in every way, Father God, for my protection, Father God, for my wisdom, for my understanding. And I pray for everybody here, Lord, that they would uh, have clean consciences before you. And then if any of them does lack wisdom, Father, for anything, Lord, that you would give it to them, and they would, they would know that they don't have to seek it anywhere else. Lord, we all want to see the power of your handwork, but don't let us be a faithless generation just looking after empty signs, Father God. Even the magicians before the Pharaoh could do some works, but Lord, we're not looking for that. We're looking for you, Father. So I pray that you bless us, Lord, and that if anybody, if anyone has family or friends on their hearts, Lord, we pray for them together right now, that you would open their eyes, Father, that you would tear down every falsehood, Lord, that you would rebuke every false spirit inside your body, that we would be a pure and holy church. And we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.